Good afternoon, everyone. On the update this Wednesday, the wife of the man charged in the deaths of three women, whose remains, of course, were found on the Long Island Beach roadway, is now filed for divorce. Uh, we'll have the latest details. Mayor Adams says that the city will start giving adult asylum seekers in the city's assaulter system 60 days' notice to find somewhere else to live. The Mets seem to be building momentum. Justin Verlander pitched eight vintage innings, Brett Beatty homer during an impressive all-around game, and the Mets beat the White Sox. And the search for the Powerball winner is on. One winning ticket was sold in California for the Powerball jackpot worth an estimated $1.08 billion. This is the update. Thursday, July the 20th, 2023. From the Tommy Lynn stage at the Urban Dove Charter School in Brooklyn, New York, this is the update with Brandon Julian, a three-time winner of the Kingsborough Community College Gold Student Service Award. It's everything that you need to know, because anything can happen in New York. Greetings and salutations to you all, folks, every last one of you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the update on a Thursday. A Thursday that, uh, you know, features the sun and the clouds (laughs) and uh, the rain and the humidity and such. That's going to come back tomorrow and into the weekend. So today is relatively calm. Uh, you know, so to speak, there's nothing really to worry about. We just have to brace ourselves for the next uh, stormy, unsettled period, which, you know, has been the theme of the summer up to this point. You know, this show, in case you didn't know, is heard in some, some, some 60 or 70 odd countries around the world. I'm pretty sure I've been listened to in more languages than I can even speak. Because I can only speak one, uh, you know, unless you uh, unless you count pig Latin. Ixnati oxnate can't even speak that. But <laughs> I do know how to speak one thing. The password, of course, is Fuselhead. I'm Brandon Julian, of course, folks. We appreciate you so much for being here, wherever you may be, and however you may be listening to us. Lots of news, of course, to catch you up on. We're going to begin this Thursday out on Long Island again at a Massapequa Park, where the wife of Rex Hewerman, the man charged, of course, in the deaths of three women whose remains were found along the beach roadway in the infamous Gilgo Beach murders, has now filed for divorce. Asa Ellerop, the wife of Hewerman, filed a complaint in Suffolk County Supreme Court yesterday. Hewerman was charged, of course, last week with murdering the three women. Their bodies were among ten sets of human remains found along Gilgo Beach in 2010 and 2011. A prosecutor says that he is a a suspect in a fourth death 
Herman has pleaded not guilty and remains in custody under suicide watch. An email seeking comment about the divorce filing uh, was sent to his attorney. On to some of the other news of this Thursday. And the city of New York is now agreeing to pay more than $13 million to settle a civil rights lawsuit brought on behalf of roughly 1,300 people who were arrested or beaten by police during racial injustice demonstrations that swept through the city, of course, in the summer of 2020. The agreement is believed to be among the largest ever payouts for a mass arrest lawsuit. It focuses on the protesters who were arrested or subject to force by police in 18 separate locations in the city during the week following George Floyd's murder. Attorneys for the plaintiffs accused the NYPD of depriving protesters of their First Amendment rights through a, quote, coordinated campaign of indiscriminate brutality and unlawful arrests. Under the, uh, under the settlement agreement, the NYPD is not required to admit any actual wrongdoing. There's a federal judge that has now rejected the former president's bid to move his hush money criminal case from state court to federal court. He ruled that the former president had failed to meet a high legal bar for changing the jurisdiction. U.S. District Judge Alvin Hellerstein's decision yesterday sets the stage for Trump to stand trial in state court in Manhattan as early as next spring, overlapping with the 2024 presidential primary season as the twice-indicted Republican seeks a return to the White House. Separately, Trump is charged in federal court in Florida with illegally hoarding classified documents at his Mar-a-Lago estate. Trump's lawyers can appeal Hellerstein's ruling to the second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. Meanwhile, uh, marijuana, it can now legally be sold at festivals and other events in the state of New York under a measure approved by state regulators. The initiative passed yesterday by the Cannabis Control Board comes after farmers complain that there are too few dispensaries to sell what they harvest. It lets growers partner with retailers and processors for sales to consumers outside of dispensaries at organized, adult-oriented, locally-sanctioned events. Pot farmers around New York have said that they enter this growing season still stockpiling marijuana that was harvested last year because the state has been opening stores too slowly. Regulators say that 20 licensed retailers are currently open in New York. In other news, Mayor Adams says that the city is going to start giving adult asylum seekers in the city's shelter system, 60 days notice to find somewhere else to live. Adams said yesterday that the new policy is intended to make room for migrant families with children. He said that caseworkers will help migrants who are asked to vacate to find housing and other services, and those who don't find alternative housing within 60 days will have to return to the intake center and reapply for a new placement. 
Adams says that nearly 55,000 migrants are currently in the city's care, with 300 to 500 more arriving daily. And finally, uh, a federal judge has upheld the $5 million jury verdict against the former president, uh, rejecting his claim the jury, excuse me, rejecting his claim, the jury vindicated him by failing to conclude he raped a columnist in a department store, of course, in the 90s. Judge Lewis Kaplan said uh, yesterday the jury's May award of compensatory and punitive damages to E.G. Carroll for sexual abuse and defamation in the civil case was reasonable. Trump's lawyers wanted the judge to reduce the award to less than a million dollars or order a new trial on damages. They've amended their trial appeal to add the judge's ruling. Carol's attorney says that she looks so forward to receiving the $5 million that the jury awarded. Time for us to step aside momentarily. When we return on the update this Thursday, we have a few important messages to tell you from the MTA. We're going to talk some sports and how the Mets seem now to be getting momentum as they take it now two of three from the White Sox while, um, while the Yankees continue to just keep on scuffling out west. We all know the story of the birds and the bees. Apparently, it just got a whole lot more controversial. There's a sex-positive guidebook marketed for teens detailing several sex acts that's causing outrage among parents, some of whom may have led to getting it pulled from from some store uh, bookshelves. Because, you know, that's uh, that's always a lot. (laughs) Now, I'll be honest with you, I uh, I have not seen this book. But um, I have heard of it, and uh, that's all you need. <laughs> and then we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. In Washington, uh, already facing criminal cases in New York and Florida, the former president, as we've mentioned, is in increasing legal peril with investigations into his efforts to cling to power after his election loss appear to be coming to a head. We're going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, when the update of Brandon Julian returns in just a moment. From New York, home of the Summer White House, this is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night, And every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate 
world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. Of all the newscasters in New York, I just happen to be one of them. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for traffic and weather together. Beginning June 26th at approximately 6.15 a.m. through the remainder of 2023, seven express trains will run only between 74th Street, Broadway, and Flushing Main Street because of station enhancement work and escalator replacement. During rush hours, seven express trains will make all local stops between 74th Street, Broadway, and 34th Street, Hudson Yards. Beginning Friday, May 12th at 11.45 p.m., continuing weekdays through the fall of 2023, the Manhattan-bound Southern Train platforms at 111th Street and 82nd Street Jackson Heights are closed for station upgrades. For service to and from these stations, take a flushing-bound 7 train and transfer, or use the nearby Q32 or Q48 buses. Beginning at 10 p.m. on Sunday, February 26th until August, Jamaica Center-bound J and Z trains will bypass 75th Street, Eldritch Lane, and Woodhaven Boulevard because of station rehabilitation work. During rush hours beginning February 27th, skip-stop service is not running between Jamaica Center, Parsons Archer, and Crescent Street. Trains will make all local stops instead. For alternate service, use the Q56 bus making stops along Jamaica Avenue. Beginning Monday, February 27th, the passageway connecting the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue is closed because of accessibility improvements. If you normally transfer between the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue, you still will be able to for free via an out-of-system walking transfer between 6th and 7th Avenue. The New York City Police Department would like to remind you to keep your belongings in sight and to stay aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious in the station or on the train, tell a police officer or an MTA employee. MTA crews are here to help us get around. Let's treat them with respect. 
Assaulting a New York City Transit employee is a felony, punishable by up to seven years in prison. The fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.75. Transfers must be requested upon payment of the cash fare. For the S79 select bus service, pay on board the bus. For all other select bus service routes, pay at the kiosks outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip for possible inspection. The fare on express buses is $6.75. Coins are not accepted as a payment on express buses. Now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. So the Mets, as I've said, they seem to be getting some momentum after it appeared that they were down and out just a couple of weeks ago. Justin Verlander, he pitched eight vintage innings. Brooke Beatty, he, uh, Brett Beatty, I should say, <laughs> he homered during an impressive all-around game, and the Mets beat the White Sox 5-1. Beatty contributed an RBI ground out in a four-run fourth and turned in a couple of fine defensive plays at third base. Running on a full-count pitch, he also scored from first on Brandon Nimmo's two-out double. Francisco Alvarez added an RBI single in the fourth, and Luis Guillorme had a sacrifice fly. New York has won three in a row following a four-game skid and 9-13 overall. The 40-year-old Verlander gave up three hits on 100 pitches for his 248 career win. He walked one, and he struck out seven. Meanwhile, the Yankees have not had a good West Coast, West Coast swing through Colorado and Anaheim. Um, they had lost two or three to the Rockies, and then they had lost the first two to Shohei Otani and the Angels. Well, in the rubber matchup, Taylor Ward and Luis Rengifo hit two run homers. Chase Silseth struck out a career-high 10 in his first big league outing in seven weeks. And the Angels re-defeated the reeling Yanks 7-3 to complete a series sweep. L.A. has won 4-5 to get back over 500 at 49-48. and 48. Giancarlo Stanton and Franchi Cordero homered for the Yanks, who have lost four in a row and nine of their last 11. Uh, the Yanks hit 171 overall, going 1-5 in their West Coast swing. Carlos Rodon, he allowed six runs, four hits, and five walks over four and a third innings. And if that was not enough for the Yanks, uh, Harrison Bader left the game in the sixth inning because of Bruce Ridge, Bruce Ribs, after being hit by Jose Soriano's pitch. Bader went to first, but was replaced in center by Isaiah kiner Falefa when the Yankees took the field in the bottom of the inning. Bader was 0-2 after hitting safely in eight of his last 12. Now, folks, when we return on the update this Thursday, 
The sex guidebook for teens, at least one of them, is prompting some real pearl clutching amongst patents. Many people are calling this, of course, as uh, disgusting. And then we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. Talking about the weather, which we only address on this show when the weather is bad. And it definitely was. Down in Raleigh in North Carolina, a tornado heavily damaged a major Pfizer pharmaceutical plant. The latest in a string of extreme weather events plaguing the country. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, when the update of Brandon Julian returns after, of course, these messages. Brandon Julian. You know, folks, during the lighter segments of this show, when I make jokes, I sometimes lie up here. I'm not proud of it. (laughs) But even when I worked, if I told my teenage staff not to lie, I'm kind of lying to them. If you ever work with kids, they know what they say, like, you should never lie to a child. And those people have never worked or had kids. Because when you're working with kids or you've had kids, you lie to them all the time. You're like, you wouldn't like this ice cream. It's very spicy. I'd share with you, but Santa said I can't. Now, why don't you go to sleep so I can wrestle your mom? This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. (laughs) No, you hold my hand. Here we go. (laughs) Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. I learned patience from my adoptive dad. All he had to say was, Hey, you got this. Just breathe. Hey. We're pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Might have to start a band. (laughs) I got it. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. (laughs) Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by AdoptUSKids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. Beijing common sense. Beijing common sense. Anybody know if there's any common sense left in the room? This is the update with Brandon Julian. Indeed, it is, folks. Welcome back to the update with Brandon Julian on a Thursday, everyone. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us a Thursday that it feels like it's calmer, dare I say, (laughs) than it has been in most recent days. Of course, the winds are going to pick up tomorrow. Uh, That's why this actually, what is, what did this AccuWeather, (laughs) what did things say? There was an advisory because of the possible torrential rain, uh, torrential rain, (laughs) I just said about the winds. 
the possible for high winds tomorrow. So, you know, we got to be on, got to be on the lookout for that. And then, of course, there is a possible chance of thunderstorms tomorrow, too, that could come with said rain. So, you know, we're on the lookout. There's no need to worry. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure if you think about this all, but we mentioned, uh, we mentioned uh, sex a lot on this program. Um, <laughs> uh, the longtime viewers might have, you know, picked up on that after a bit. But this is nothing, uh, well, it's not exactly true. This is have to do with sex and books. Yes, I'm talking about books, like in a bookstore. You see, children, <laughs> books were these physical things that actually had words and pages on them. That means somebody actually published those words and they actually got paid for it. But you know, sometimes let's not make assumptions. <laughs> But if you've ever had conversation about the birds and the bees, uh, personally speaking, I never really had that conversation about the birds and about the birds and the bees until I cornered my parents one night. Like, guys, when are we going to talk about sex? I'm 15. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, the birds and the bees have gotten just a little bit more controversial. A sex-positive guidebook that's been marketed for teens, detailing several sexual acts, is causing outrage among parents, some of whom may have led to it getting pulled from some store bookshelves. Originally published back in May, Welcome to Sex, your no-silly-questions guide to sexuality, pleasure, and fi figuring it out, is described as a, quote, frank, age-appropriate introductory guide to sex and sexuality for teens of all genders. Australian podcast host Chris Primod took to Instagram uh, on Sunday to bash this book, available at the Australian store Big W, despite it being published months ago by authors Yumi Steins and Dr. Melissa Kang. Uh, at Big, Big W Australia, Continue to stock books that are grooming our children, exposing them to sexually explicit and highly inappropriate material, the enraged host wrote. This isn't the first time the Big W stocked books like this marketed towards children. According to the book's introductory page, the guide is meant to help everyone. Uh, the text reads, quote, Whether you're an apprehensive 11-year-old, a curious 14-year-old, or a parent of someone with a bunch of questions. This book is reassuring, interesting, and full of the info you need. I swear to you, I'm not making any of this up at all. In the video, Primod flips through uh, various sections of the book, quote, complete with illustrations, he notes, uh, that discuss penis size, sexual orientation, and gender identity, as well as activities like Scissoring. And no, I'm not talking about the scissoring that the acclaimed do on AEW Dynamite. <laughs> the real wrestling fans will get that joke. <laughs> uh, yes, as well as activities like scissoring, fingering, and engaging in oral and anal sex. It's all 
also come to my attention, personally, that with how much we discuss sex on this program, it makes me wonder, some people listen to this show like, what the hell is wrong with you? You're a journalist, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, what did Eric Bischoff's book once say, Controversy Creates Cash? And, you know, what's more controversial than, you know, sex? Uh, the histrionic haranguing host said, quote, How can anyone think they're not coming after the children after seeing books like this for sale openly in Big W? A spokesman, spokesperson, I should say, for Big W, initially told Australia's news.com.au that the book is, quote, an educational, age-appropriate, and inclusive book featuring content from adolescent health experts that matches the development and the early experiences of teens aged 12 to 15. Uh, it is shelved in, our par in parenting in our books section so parents can make their own decisions on what is appropriate for their family. Uh, however, though, since then, the book has been pulled from shelves due to alleged abuses against the stores' staff, according to Australia's Nine News. Uh, a Big W spokesperson told the outlet, quote, We know there has been a wide range of views about the book. However, it's disappointing that there have been multiple incidents of, of abuse directed at our store team members in the past 24 hours. To keep our team and customers safe, the book will be available to customers online only from later today. In the wake of Primods' rant, several parents had flocked uh, to the comments to dish their opinions on the tome. One irate commuter uh, said, quote, Imagine thinking that this is appropriate for children. As concerned as I am about the author's intentions with this, I'm actually more concerned about what's on the devices of these who allowed this on their shelves. Another writer said, quote, This is disgusting. Yeah, that's what another writer said. This is disgusting. What happened to the good old birds and bees and parents having normal open conversations with their kids? Age-appropriate discussions. Another commenter screeched that it is, quote, outrageous and, quote, pornographic. But other parents have found the book to be rather helpful. Uh, one user snarked, quote, you realize if you don't want your kids to read these books, you could just, I don't know, not buy the book. Your kids are going to learn about sex anyway. I'd rather they learn it about it from a book that talks about consent and pleasure rather than from porn. Well, that's just me. Another user gushed, This is a wonderful and safe resource for teens who would otherwise be using the internet for answers to these very normal questions. At least with this book, you know the content is safe and correct. The third person stated, All it's doing is normalize it. Grow up. Uh, this book is actually the fourth of several body-positive guys, including Welcome to Your Period, Welcome to Consent, and I don't know about you, but this might be my personal favorite, Welcome to Your Boobs. I'm sure this will be useful to somebody somewhere. Uh... <laughs> The New York Post, the people who published this article, they reached out to the Big W for comment. But here's also another... 
another positive guide for you. Uh, national news. It's uh, next for us around here, of course, when the update with Brandon Julian continues. From New York, the herbal supplement that's not approved by the FDA. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. From New York, where every house is a haunted house. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the update with Brandon Julian on a Thursday, everyone. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. A Thursday, as we mentioned, dare I say, <laughs> is less humid. But of course, that will not last very long. Uh, the <laughs> the winds and the rain are going to return for tomorrow while the weekend is looking decent. Uh, we're going to talk about that tomorrow. I forgot to mention to you in the last segment that yesterday, uh, I, my group in summer camp went ice, not ice, roller skating for the first time. Uh, I went roller skating out there too, even though I was holding, uh, you know, the baby, I don't even know what the thing is called. The thing with three wheels. I rode that around, uh, I rode that around, and I am not the least bit ashamed of that. <laughs> matter of survival. I just didn't want to embarrass myself falling on the floor. But, you know, falling on the floor is okay, too, if you're not a professional. Anyway, let us talk together right now, of course, the latest national news. That's the whole reason why we're here. (laughs) We're going to begin, of course, in Washington. After, of course, already excuse me, let me try that again. Already facing criminal cases in here in New York and in Florida, the former president is in increasing legal peril as investigations into his efforts to cling to power after his election loss appear to be coming to a head. 
The target letter sent to Trump by special counsel Jack Smith suggests that Trump may soon be indicted on new federal charges. Adding to the remarkable situation of a former president up against possible prison time while vying to reclaim the White House as the frontrunner for the Republican nomination. Trump, of course, has denied wrongdoing in all the cases and has dismissed the prosecutions as an effort to hurt his 2024 campaign. In other news, we're going to go to Raleigh in North Carolina and talk about the weather, which we only address on this show, as you know when the weather is bad, and it still is. A tornado heavily damaged a major Pfizer pharmaceutical plant, the latest in a string of extreme weather events plaguing the country. Torrential rains flooded the communities in Kentucky, while an area from California to South Florida endured more blistering heat yesterday. Pfizer, they reported no serious injuries, but authorities said, did say that medicine was damaged after a tornado damaged the plant near Rocky Mount in North Carolina. Elsewhere in the American West in Phoenix, they broke an all-time record yesterday morning for a warm, low temperature. Emphasis, I should say, a low temperature of 97 degrees. And in Kentucky, they braced under forecasts of more rain after flash floods prompted rescues from homes and vehicles in some waterlogged communities. In Kenosha, Wisconsin, family members of the U.S. Army private who sprinted across the border into North Korea say that he may have felt overwhelmed as he faced legal troubles and his possible looming discharge from the military. Relatives are describing 23-year-old private Travis King as a quiet loner who didn't smoke or drink and enjoyed reading the Bible. After growing up in southeast Wisconsin, he was excited about serving his country in South Korea. Now King's family is struggling to understand what changed before he dashed into a country with a long history of holding Americans and using them, of course, as bargaining chips. And House Republicans, they're facing unsubstantiated allegations against the uh, president over his family's finances. GOP lawmakers summoned IRS whistleblowers to testify publicly for the first time about claims that the Justice Department improperly interfered with a tax investigation into the president's son, Hunter. Lawmakers heard from the two IRS agents assigned to Hunter to the Hunter Biden case. Uh, Hunter Biden, of course, pleaded guilty recently to misdemeanor tax charges and what Republicans are decrying as a, quote, sweetheart deal. Uh, They, of course, House Republicans, are deepening their own investigation, making broad claims of corruption and wrongdoing by the Bidens that they acknowledge are not proven. The Justice Department has denied the whistleblowers' allegations. There is more national news for us to discuss, and we will address those, of course, when the update for Julian returns in just 60 seconds. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. 
At four in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full-time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost six million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey, and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Update Brain and Julian on a Thursday, everyone. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, we're talking together right now, of course, the, uh, the latest national news. And uh, we're going to head out to the American West in San Francisco, where Stanford University President Mark Tessier Levine says that he will resign following concerns about the integrity of his research. He said in a letter to the staff and students yesterday that he will step down on August 31st. It comes after the Board of Trustees launched a review in December following allegations of misconduct around papers that he co-authored. He says he, quote, never submitted a scientific paper without firmly believing that the data were correct and accurately presented. But he says he should have been more diligent in seeking corrections regarding his work. Tessier Levine says that he's stepping down because he expects continued debate about his ability to lead the university. In other news, the country music star Jason Aldean has now released a controversial music video for his latest single, Try That in a Small Town. Uh, CMT, that's country music television, they removed it on Monday from their rotation, just three days after its release. In it, Aldean performs in front of the courthouse in Columbia, Tennessee, uh, where the Columbia race riot erupted in 1946, and the site of the 1927 lynching of an 18-year-old black teenager named Henry Choti. Aldean said on Twitter Tuesday that the song is not about race, and the interpretation that it is, quote, goes too far. The company that produced the video said yesterday that Aldean did not select the location for the video, which it says has been popular with other productions. As the ongoing uh, writers and now the actors strike goes on, everybody here watches movies and watches TV. And now you, like many other people, are wondering how this pitched battle between Hollywood's actors and writers on one side, the studios, the streaming services on the other, is going to affect you. The uh, Associated Press, those people, they have some answers. Uh, they say, yes, you can still go see Barbie and Oppenheimer. And no, the guilds don't want you to cancel your Netflix, 
Well, not yet, anyway, because no consumer boycott has been called for. Yet, that is. Your favorite shows will almost certainly be delayed, and you should know that Comic-Con, the Comic-Con ticket that you want, won't come with starry panels this year. And TV fans should circle September 18th, the scheduled date, of course, for the Emmy Awards. In pencil, the strike may still affect the show. Not sure if you've heard, but NBC said that all of the Chicago franchises and both Law and Orders have been pushed back from the fall uh, to 2024. And finally, uh, we're going to go back out to the West because we're going to go over to Los Angeles where everybody all day has been checking their Powerball tickets. And I am sorry to say that unless you live in the state of California, you, my good people, are out of luck. One winning ticket was sold in California for the Powerball jackpot worth close to $1.1 billion. That's billion with a B. The winning numbers for last night's drawing, of course, were 7, 10, 11, 13, 24, and the Powerball 24. The jackpot was the sixth highest in U.S. history. The winner could take the lump sum of just over $558 million before taxes or get one, nearly $1.1 billion paid out in yearly increments. Last time that somebody won the jackpot was back in mid-April for a top prize of $253 million. Since then, nobody had won the grand prize until last night, that is. I'm let you guys ponder on this as we say in the words of Walter Cronkite. That's the way it is. Thursday, July the 20th, 2023. That is the update on this Thursday. I'm Brandon Julian. We appreciate you being here with us. These happy people sitting over there, my producers, will be back because they are gladly handstanding for our best of year one show taking place in the near distant future. So until our next session together, and I think you've made some real great progress, by the way, in the words, of course, of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hopefully that your news, folks, it will be good news. I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck. Be safe. And, uh, you know, most importantly, please be well. The thunderstorms and the wind, they make a comeback tomorrow. So get your umbrella, your poncho, or as Mr. G would say, schlep it around the umbrella tomorrow. And honey, I'm going to be a little late coming home tonight because uh, uh, <laughs> I'll be a little late tonight uh, because I've got to hacksaw the roof off of the car. Got to make it into a BMW convertible. I'll see you right back here tomorrow for, of course, another Getaway Friday out here in the big town. See you then.